0: How many of us are ready for God's word? Okay, some people are excited. Others are like, nah, I'm not. You you do know this is a church. Like preaching takes place in the church. And so if you didn't come for God's word, I'm not quite sure. It's the tacos, maybe. They're great, I'm telling you. But God's word's even better, amen? So I'm going to ask you again, how many of us are ready for God's Word? Yes, yes. Now, we started a message last uh, a sermon series entitled Speak Life. Come on, how many of us know that our words carry the power of life and death? The Bible tells us this. Now, I'm not talking about we can create life out of, out of nothing. Only the, the self-existing God of the universe can do that. But, but we can agree with God's message, or we can agree with the enemy's message. That's what we talked about last week. And we said that, that our words are important. In fact, we answered the question, how? How important are our words? And in terms of this death and life thing, we can create death by speaking destructive words, tearing down a relationship. Can you tear down a relationship with your words? Absolutely you can so you can bring death to that relationship by the way you speak You can build confidence In a relationship you can build confidence in a son in a daughter you can speak a life over them You can encourage you can affirm you can you can let People know that you care There's all sorts of words that you can speak that will bring a blessing about in your life in the life of others and this is what we talked about last week. Today, I feel like the Lord put something really, really special on my heart. And it's, it's a little bit of a turn from what I had planned. And you know, it's interesting because one of my life verses, and you say, Pastor, I, I'm, I'm having trouble keeping up with how many life verses you have. It's like you have so many. It's, how about I have a life book? Okay, I have a life book. And one of my life verses is... Many are the plans in a man's heart, but it's what? God's purpose that prevails. And so we can have a plan, but God has a purpose. And God will say, I need you to adjust your plan to fit my purpose. And today I feel like his purpose is for me to talk about two specific things. And at first glance, you might think, Pastor, these are more of attitudes. These are more of action-oriented. They're not speaking But speaking is an action, and the attitude reflects the heart. And the Bible said last week, we we read that, that out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth will speak. And so I, I believe this is where the Lord wants us to go in this direction regarding honor and humility. Honor is a tricky thing because it's hard to put into words how to honor someone. But how many of you know it requires words? It does require words. Yes, it's actions, but it's also word-oriented. And you can speak honor, can you not? An attitude of humility will be reflected in the words that we speak. The words give away what's happening in our heart. And so they're, they're in a sense, a barometer of what's taking place deep on the inside. Do you know the Bible speaks a lot about this, this concept of honor? And, you know, it's interesting because honor's fallen on hard times. We live in a world where dishonor seems to be the norm. But just because you live someplace doesn't mean you have to be that way. See, the Bible says that Jesus says you might be, what, in the world, but you're not called to be of the world. I've called you out of the world to be different. To be different. And to present ourselves as a living, holy sacrifice to God. This is the least we can do in light of all that he did for us, according to uh, Romans 12.1. He says also that do not be conformed to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that we're not called to speak in this dishonoring fashion that the world so often speaks in. Now what is honor? Well, the Bible uses words like esteem, value, or great respect. We're called to esteem, to value, to show great respect. So I want you to understand that your words will either reflect this or reflect the opposite of this, which in fact is dishonoring, dishonoring. To honor someone is to value them, him or her, highly. To bestow value on them. So do you see how our words are called to build people up? How do you bestow value on someone? You can say, well, they're either valuable or they're not. If they're not valuable, I'm just going to call it like I see it. This is for you. This message is for you. Because that's a worldly attitude. And we're called to build up. We're called to be encouragers. We're called to reaffirm. We're called to speak the things that aren't as though they were. See, the truth is Jesus spoke the word Peter over Peter before he was a Peter. You go, what? His name was Simon and he was anything but the rock he was going to be. But Jesus spoke it before he was. Why? Because the Lord says, I speak the things that are. As though they, no, I speak, you're confusing me. The first thing I want us to know is to honor God. Honor God. What does it mean to honor God? This is the highest person we can honor. And you're going to notice, you're going to notice that he's going to build off of honoring God and everything else falls under that. So stay with me on this. Stay with me on this. 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 17 says, says, Now to the King eternal, immortal, invisible, the only God, be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. Now to the King eternal. The King eternal. Not just any God. Paul is saying the only God. How many of us know that there is a God and he is alone, the only God? And Paul is saying we are called to honor him. This is the same thing that the Exodus passage talks about in Exodus chapter 20, verse 7. You say, but this Exodus passage, that sounds like one of the Ten Commandments. In fact, it's the third commandment. It says to honor God, not just in a generic way, but to honor his name, to honor his name. How do you honor someone's name? You don't use it casually because God's name is powerful. Do you realize that the Bible says, the Bible says that the name of the Lord is a strong tower and all that run to it find refuge. Not only is the name of the Lord a strong tower, but the Bible also says that those whosoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Shall be saved. So you can call upon the name of the Lord. You can pray in the name of the Lord. Do you realize that the Old Testament name of God indicates that he is the self-existing God? When When Moses said, Lord, who shall I say sent me? He said, I am that I am. Historians throughout, throughout uh, history have said things like, well, what does that mean? Because we've struggled to understand such a, such a beautiful name, but it means I am the self-existing one. Others have said, I am the one who is. I will be who I will be. Or how about this? I will cause to be that which which I will cause to be. It indicates that he is not ordinary. And to honor is to understand someone's value. Someone's value, not to use it casually. Come on, how many of us have ever used the Lord of of our God in vain? I want you to also ask yourself, where did this come from? Do we curse by any other name? When you hurt yourself, do you say, Muhammad, Confucius, Julius Caesar, Alexander the Great, Mother Teresa? Why is it only Jesus' name? Why is it only God, Yahweh, Jehovah? Why? Could it be that the enemy is involved? Wanting to bring dishonor from your lips. From your lips on the Most High God. And this is why God says, when you take my name in vain, watch. Watch what he says. Stay with me on this. Exodus, chapter 20, verse 7. You shall not take the Lord, the name of the Lord your God, in vain. For the Lord will not hold him guiltless who takes his name in vain. Meaning he's going to. He's going to hold you to account. Some say, well, I don't believe in this, God. Whether you believe or not, He's going to hold you to account. He's going to hold you to account. Now, you say, but pastor, we have to be careful how we speak. That's right. We also have to be careful not to call ourselves Christians, but to act other than. See, because... To honor someone's name means that you live up to it, and to honor God's name means that you hold up its reputation. How many of us have ever heard he has a bad name in the community? What does that saying mean? Does it mean we don't agree with the name his mother and father gave him? He's got a a weird name he's got a sorry name she's got an unusual name? No, it means that what? They've lived in such a way or they've done some things that have tarnished the reputation of what? Their character. And so God's name represents his character. Now let me ask you this. Have you ever been taught that you you live under your father and your mother's name? Meaning if you're a Jackson, what does it mean to be a Jackson, a Smith, a Garcia, a Pena, a Williams? What does it mean to live up to that name and to bring your parents honor. It means that you live in such a way that you respect them and you you bring them glory, that their name is respected, that their name holds value. Can I tell you the greatest name you can live up to and bring glory to is the name of your heavenly father and his son, Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ. So this matters. We can go to a point where we live and say, I'm a Christian, but we talk like heathens. We'll talk more about that as we go along. Because this whole thing is about honoring and then honoring in humility. But first I want to ask you, after, after the Bible talks about honoring God, who are the individuals second in importance where the Bible emphasizes that we should honor God? Who are the, 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 does anyone know? parents. Parents come in second. Do you realize that the Bible spends more time talking about honoring God and his name, but second to that is parents. Come on, any kids squirming right now going, man, I had no idea parents were that important to God. Absolutely, because this is what God is building. He's building his order in the world. Because God is a God of order. And he says, you're going to honor me and I'm going to be the head. And after me, I'm going to establish a family. And after the family, I'm going to establish a church. Because it takes me being the head of the family and good families. What? Bringing in, coming in and building a strong church. And a strong church will build a strong community. And a strong community will bring a will bring its blessing to bear on a strong nation. You want a strong nation? You've got to build a strong family. Why do you think the enemy is against the family so strongly? And so God starts off by saying in Ephesians 6, 2, honor your father and your mother, which is the first commandment with a promise. What's the promise? Anybody want to know? Honor your father and your mother that your days may be long upon the land. So God wants to prosper you in this land. He wants to give you long-life vitality. Come on, how many of us want to have health and strength and live a long life? It starts with honoring your parents. Can I tell you, this is, this is something that we don't talk about anymore. Oh, it pains me to see kids just disrespect their parents. And I'll be in different places, and you hear them talk, I don't have to do that, who that? Eh. And I can't even say the words because I, I just, that's not the way I was raised. I can't even pretend that way. Anyone seen that? Ultimately, you're disrespecting the parents, but you're also disrespecting God. Because God established that order. And so we have to be careful because we're actually, we're actually coming against God when we disrespect those that he has placed in authority. And you do it with your mouth. You know, the Bible says that we should bring honor. How do you bring honor with your lips? Yes, ma'am, no, ma'am. How about that? Yes, sir, no, sir. How about if dad asks you something, you say, sir, yes, sir, or no, sir, or yeah, ah, whenever I get around to it. You don't tell me what to do. Who do you think you are? How about we answer with our face, too? The words should match the beautiful countenance. I can remember one time when I was getting too big for my britches and uh, my dad had to had to stop me in the hallway of our house. I remember he asked me a question and I just kind of casually started answering him. And I was really treating him like he was one of my friends and he put his hand in my chest like this and he said, listen son, you might be taller than I am. And I was, I was two inches taller at that time. And he goes, he goes. you might be taller than I am, but I need you to understand something. I'm not one of your punk friends. I am your father and you will treat me with respect and honor. That means watch the words you use and the tone in which you use them and there better be a smile on your face. What is he saying? I want everything to line up. Under Because he wasn't raising a boy. How many of us know you're not raising a boy, you're not raising a girl, you're raising a woman, you're raising a a, a man. You're raising a man. And so it it does matter what you say. That it may may be long life with you. How about Matthew? For God commanded saying, honor your father and your mother. He who curses their father and mother, let him be put to death. Uh Uh-oh, God just got real, didn't he? Some of you are going, "Thank God. Thank God that we don't live in the Old Testament." The, but can I can you look at that closer? This is New Testament. See, cuz so many times we say, "Oh, that's Old Testament." But this is New Testament. What God is trying to remind us of is, I'm serious about the words you speak over your parents. Not just your parents, but honor your elders. Listen to what the Bible says. You shall rise before the gray-headed. How about rise before the bald-headed, too? Because <laughs> if you're bald, that means you had gray hair at one point. <laughs> you know. But, but rise before those that are older than you. What does it mean to rise? It means to show respect, give someone your chair, but also in your words. To be kind, to be courteous to build them up, to respect with your words the life that they've lived and the fact that you haven't lived as long as they and that they may know something you don't. And so we'll talk more about this when we get to pride, but pride gives, comes out when we show no honor. It's usually because of pride. Well, I know better. I don't need to do this. I don't need to do... Notice the I in it. And so the way you speak to someone who's older really does matter. You know, it's interesting because sometimes, um, and I don't want to give away which kids, but some of your kids will go, hey, Chris. And I just ignore them. Hey, Chris. Hey, Chris. One kid told me. I said, I don't know who you're heying, man, and I'm not Chris. I'm Mr. Pena to you or Pastor Chris but I'm not just some kid that you yell at like you do on the street. Yo, hey man! No. I've been given a position by the Almighty God. It's a position of service, but it still requires you to understand that, 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 that what we're doing here is a thing of honor. This isn't a casual thing. God has a big plan for us. He has something important for us to do. And he wants us to remember that. Amen? And so watch. Rise before the, the, the gray-headed and honor the presence of an old man. The fear of God. The fear of God is emphasized when we do this. And fear your God, he says. How about this? Honor marriage. Honor marriage. This is important Now I know we like to laugh about marriage Because marriage is hard And it's, it's, it's good to have a sense of humor And we've heard things like this He says Marriage is like a three ring circus Right The engagement ring The wedding ring And the suffering <laughs> You see it's, it's funny right How about this My wife cooks Old Testament style Every mealtime, she brings a burnt offering. (laughs) Not my wife. Not my wife. It's been said. It's been said. Y'all just got me in trouble. My wife did not laugh at that. How about this? A wife said to her husband, honey, I noticed the, the new neighbor He kisses his wife every morning before work and he kisses her right as he's coming in. Why don't you do that? The husband said, I can't, I don't know her. (laughs) And so one more, little boy asked his dad, dad, how much does it cost to get married? Dad said, I don't know, I'm still paying. (laughs) It is worth it. Amen. I'm glad someone said that. It's worth it. (laughs) Marriage is not a ball and chain. It's something beautiful. It's something wonderful. And the Bible says openly, marriage should be honored by all of society. Why do you think the enemy is coming against marriage so strongly? So strongly. And I need you to understand when we honor God, we honor marriage. And when we honor marriage, we honor God. And we cannot redefine marriage to suit our fancy. We have to let God set the parameters which he has and then honor it. Honor it. You say, but pastor, what if this and what if that? What if we just call that something else and let marriage be what God has said it is? Because marriage is of God. Now I need you to understand it says keep the marriage bed pure. For God will judge the adulterer and the sexual immoral. You say, Pastor, but what if i fallen? There is forgiveness, but it shouldn't be our habit. It shouldn't be, oh, this is what I do because I just casually, just what? Believe that God will forgive me. No, I have a heart of honor. Therefore, I speak good things towards my wife. I pray for my marriage. I speak life into my marriage and I stay away from these things that will destroy it. How about honor church leaders? See, God is building something here. Honor him. Honor the family. Honor the church. And you'll have a strong society. Honor church leaders. The Bible says, now these are the gifts Christ gave to the church. So let me ask you this. If someone gives you a gift, should you honor it? Should you respect it? What's the first thing you should do? Say, Thank you. Every parent teaches their children that. I can remember when Raquel was young, and she was the only granddaughter in, or only—well, she's the only granddaughter because my, my wife's the only daughter. But she was the only um, child in a long time in a very large family. So all the aunts and uncles started giving gifts. And on one particular birthday, she had so many gifts. She wasn't even saying thank you anymore. She would just open it, throw it aside, and quit the next one. Can that happen with us? She was three. What's our excuse? Right? And so the first thing we should do is say thank you, and we should thank God for our leaders. Who are the leaders? Apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. Their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work and to build up who? The church. The church. To build up the church. So the way that we show honor is to thank God for your pastor. Thank God for the evangelist. Thank God for the prophets. When a man of God blesses you, when a woman of God blesses you, when someone teaches you something in the word, build them up. Tell them you appreciate them. Tell them you care for them. Tell them you're praying for them. Don't be critical. Encourage. See how you can affirm and strengthen. Because how many of you know the enemy's trying to tear down already? He doesn't need your help. We shouldn't help him. Amen? Watch. The Bible talks a lot about this. Because what we do here honors God. Honors God. Brothers and sisters. Honor those who are your leaders in the Lord's work. They work hard among you and give you spiritual guidance. Show them great respect respect and wholehearted love. Wholehearted love because of their work. And live peaceful with each other. I can remember my dad telling us his brothers, you want to honor me? Stop fighting. <laughs> Don't get all upset with one another. But watch what he says. He says, honor them. Honor your leaders i 'm going to drop down to 1 Timothy chapter five, verse seventeen. The Bible says, "Let the elders who rule well be counted. Let the elders who lead well, who serve well, who are the elders, those leaders of the church, those leaders of the church, especially they should be counted with double honor, especially those who labor in the word and doctrine." who preach the word well. And I'm not talking about my style. I'm talking about faithfully. Who don't sugarcoat it, who don't make it something just to you know tell you what you want to hear so we can build a big church. No, I'm talking about teaching the full counsel of God, which I have really tried to do with all my heart for the past 20 years. You know, I'm just going to say it clearly. I'm going to say it clearly. They should be counted for double honor. I don't, want, I don't want you to, to come and, and, and treat me like I'm something super special or something. But, but just with your words, build me up. Build Pastor Melissa up. Build your, 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 uh, your disciple makers up. Build them up. Affirm them. Tell them, good job. Man, I prayed for you the other day. I believe in you. Thank you for what you've done for my family. Can I share a good report? I love when you share your testimony with me. Because when you say, let me tell you what God has done in my life, I just go home and I say, man, Lord, you are so awesome. This is why I gave my life to to serve God. To hear that he is doing something in spite of me and even through me. Amen? That's what's important. So use your words. Amen? Amen? Honor authority, the Bible says. Honor authority. Stay with me on this. Show proper respect to everyone. Love the family, Peter says. Believers, love the family of believers, fear God, and honor the emperor. I've highlighted honor the emperor because Peter is writing this during the time of King Nero. Or Emperor Nero. And Emperor Nero was an evil person. Evil. It's been said that he had a young boy castrated and married him. Dishonored marriage. Dishonored the things of God. How so? Well, he would throw Christians in droves into the gladiator pits. To see them killed brutally. He fed them to the lions for sport. To watch them be torn apart. If you didn't recant your faith... He would take a stake and impale you right through the middle. And when you were up on that stake. You would be one of many tarred. And set on fire to light his garden. And as his garden was lit that night. He would invite all his friends over. To commit debauchery in your eyesight. While you burned. And yet Peter says honor the emperor. Why? Because this isn't something that we do out of convenience. It's something we do because we have a higher calling, and that is to our king, our Lord, Jehovah Yahweh, his son, Yeshua, Jesus Christ. So it's not just when it's convenient, not just when it's easy. Oh yeah, pastor, but that's not my president. He's not my president, so I can speak however I want. He's the president at least for this time. And I may not agree with what he does. I may not agree that he's doing a good job and I can be critical of his policies, but I have to be very careful in the way that I deliver that. Not to bring dishonor on him and ultimately on my God because I represent the Most High God. And my words will reflect that. My words reflect that. In fact, Paul goes on in Romans 13, he he says, submit to all the governing authorities. Honor each other, lastly. Honor each other. Listen to what Paul says in Romans 12. He says, love one another with brotherly affection. Outdo one another in showing honor. We should always be trying to one-up each other in the way that we speak. Oh, I love you, brother. You're wonderful. No, you're wonderful. You're amazing. Well, you're great. You say, oh, that's too much. That's too much. But isn't the world doing the opposite? Isn't the world always tearing people down? Always trying to, to bring reproach and negativity. And We're not called to be that. We're not called to be that. We're called to speak life. Especially over our families and over the family of God. Because the way we speak represents our Heavenly Father. Come on, you ever hear someone speaking just horribly and you think, man, he wasn't raised right. Some little boy speaking speaking crazy talk and you think, that young man has, has a need of a good butt whooping. You ever feel that? The Bible says you spare the rod, you spoil the child. The Bible says if you... Do not discipline your, your child. You hate them because sooner or later, the law will discipline them. So, but, but this is what I'm trying to come at. This is what I'm trying to come at. You look at that person and you know, hey, there's something going wrong in the home. May it not be said of Christians that there's something wrong in the home of God. Think about this with me for a second when we speak in certain ways and we tear each other down and we gossip one another and we criticize the pastor. Well, that pastor, he's this and he's that. And, eh, and we criticize our, our disciple leaders and we criticize our church and we talk in such a dishonoring way. What's the world going to say if not? And he calls himself a... And she calls herself a Christian. What church does she go to? Hmm i 'm not going to that church, and so we bring reproach on our heavenly Father by the things that we say, the things we say, and ultimately, this will indicate whether we have a heart of humility or a heart of pride. Listen to what the Bible says about this, likewise, you younger people, notice how this how the How the instruction is to the younger first. How many of us, when we were younger, found it a lot harder to be humble? You know, it's funny how age will humble you. Why? Because age mellows you out. When I was young, strong as an ox, fast and smart, and everything came easy to me, it was easy to walk around like this. Now I'm just like, oh, am I right? Like, oh man, I didn't, what did I do yesterday? And so you're humble now, but watch this young people says, likewise, you younger people submit yourselves to your elders. Yes. All of you be submissive to one another and clothed with humility and be clothed with humility for God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. What does it mean to give grace? He gives you a blessing. He gives you a blessing when you're humble. Watch what the Proverbs say about humility and pride. When pride comes, then comes disgrace. Disgrace. You'll be remembered for all the wrong reasons. But with the humble, God will bless with wisdom. He'll give you understanding and wisdom. Watch this. Pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. Well, what kind of... Talk accompanies a haughty spirit, a know-it-all tongue, a defensive tongue, an ungracious tongue, or what I call without grace. We'll talk more about it in a second. Before destruction, a man's heart is haughty, but humility comes before honor. Listen to what the Bible says in the gospel. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, and he who humbles himself will be exalted. The reward for humility and fear of the Lord is riches, honor, and life. Come on, sign me up. Sign me up. So so what is the difference between haughty speech and humble speech? I'm going to give you seven instances without grace versus full of grace. Without grace means, you know what, you're super critical of somebody else. And let them not harm you or betray you or wrong you in any way because you're going to hold them to it. What do you mean you're going to hold them to it? Well, they hurt me, and you know what? I'll never forgive them. but, But what if they shared their heart with you and said, I'm sorry, let me share my heart. I didn't mean that. I don't care about your heart. It was your actions that mattered. But yet we go to God and say, Lord, please forgive me. Can you see my heart? My heart is I really love you, and I didn't mean it. And we expect God to forgive us, but we won't give what he gave us. Even though the Bible says, freely you have received forgiveness. Now freely give it. Freely give it. It shows up in the way you talk. Shows up in the way you talk. You'll either be gracious and someone makes a mistake. You're like, that's no problem. That's okay. Oh, you can tell this even on the way you drive. How about in the way we drive? Someone cuts you off, you're like, let me catch up to them and let me let them know how much I'm extending the finger of fellowship the whole way, right? <laughs> and we're like, mm. it's like, relax, be humble, show grace. When was the last time you cut somebody off and wanted them to forgive you? Oh, daily, right? Selfishness versus selflessness. Selfishness, well, Well, you know what? I don't care about them. It's the way they made me feel. It's about me, myself, and I. No, humble talk is how can I help you? Finding fault. Finding fault versus being self-examining. See, a haughty, proud person will always be quick to point out everything that's going wrong. Oh, the worship team hit a bad note. Pastor Chris was too long. He wasn't ready with his illustration. This and this and that took place. Sister so-and-so, I don't know what she was thinking when she put on that dress. Right? And we have all the, you know, the the tortillas. uh, Paula and her team, you know, they overdid the tortillas. the The beans were a little burned. This, I mean, you know, we just start picking every little thing. A gracious, humble person will say, you know what, God was moving. Notice, the critical person will never pick up on the fact that God was moving because they're worried about their own flesh. Yet the humble person will say, yeah, I don't care about the tacos because I didn't go for the tacos. I didn't go to see sister so-and-so's dress. And you know what, Pastor Chris is doing the best he can, but I felt the spirit of the living God. I felt the spirit of the living God. Because he will exalt the humble. A harsh spirit versus a gentle spirit. What's a harsh spirit? You get irritated quickly. Not only do you get irritated, everything annoys you. And because everything annoys you, and because you've already stacked those others on top of that, on top of each other, those attitudes now come out in the way that you speak to people like you're God's gift to earth. Instead of the Bible says, "Be a, let your gentleness be known to all men. Jesus was gentle. Think about it. If anyone could have been annoyed, was the king of glory that knew everything and could do everything. And yet he says to his disciples, you're getting it. Keep going. How long is it going to take? I only got three years, but come on guys, you can do this right you can do this hey i'm almost done defensive know-it-all defensive know-it-all versus a confidence confidence to hold our peace you know i can always tell when my kids are defensive and operating out of out of pride because i try to tell them something come on now i try to tell them something and they immediately get like dad no i'm going to do it i, I I said, whoa, 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 just relax. Listen. Listen. Sometimes God is saying, hey, just relax. Listen. Be confident in what I have shown you, but understand in humility your brother can show you something else you don't know. Be confident in your humility that I work all things for the good of those who love me. And I've put you in a church, and I'm going to let you see different points of view. And when you consider these different points of view from your spouse, from your children, from your parents, from... And so it comes out in the way we speak. Be slow to speak in this case. Instead of, I already know, I already know. I had someone I once ministered with who I would give a suggestion to, and they always thought they knew. And then I would be quiet and let them go, and they would fall on their face, and they'd come back, and I would say, this is what I think. No, I already know, and they'd go ahead. Finally, I said, listen, I'd like to shorten the cycle where you don't fall three times before you finally take my advice. I know a little something about what I'm saying, so when I start to talk after you've brought me an issue, I need you to be quiet and have the confidence to receive. Because it takes confidence to receive. Amen? See, you go, but I thought we were talking about pride. Pride is insecurity. I don't have time to unfold that. Seven, entitled versus grateful. Entitled has this attitude of, God, you owe me. Versus, Lord, thank you so much for what you've already done. And ultimately, we walk around saying thank you more than I didn't like this, and you owe me this, and I this, and I that. Can I tell you? Honor And humility are important to the Lord. As we close our eyes, can we just, can I lead you in a a word of prayer? Can we just pray for the Holy Spirit to move in our lives? And to bring us to a place of humility that we might honor. Lord, we ask you, God. We ask you to, to move in our lives in this moment. By the power of your Holy Spirit, God. We ask you to help us be humble. Your word says that if we humble ourselves, you won't have to humble us. And so we willingly accept humility, Lord. And then out of this humble heart, Lord, Help us speak words of honor in our relationships that ultimately we might reflect you and bring you glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Church, would you take the communion cup? After all, this is the greatest honor we have to be his children. And as his children, we get the privilege of remembering what he did for us on the cross. So this represents an act of remembrance, he said. We remember that it was your body that was given freely, Lord, to be broken for us and your blood to be shed that we might have forgiveness. What an honor, Lord. Thank you in Jesus' name. To you be the glory and the honor forever and ever. Amen. Church, have a great week. Honor your relationships and honor the Lord. I'll see you Wednesday for Family Series.